Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. That is not Carlos Menares. That is Dave Burkett. I don't know how we upgraded down here in Tampa, Florida, but we managed to. Although Carlos does shave, so at least, at least we're having I'll that. shave tomorrow. I'll it's shave. A, for, yeah, it's a, it's a, maybe a post-victory shave. It's I a guess. post-victory yeah. shave. All right, anyway, we're down here at Raymond James Stadium. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers got uh, physically kind of overwhelmed in the second half. The Lions win 26. That's four in a row. They're five and one on the year. There's so many stories out of here. I don't even know where to start, Dave. You're, you're the expert with this team. Why don't you take the mic, literally? I'll take it here. Go. Well, look, you said four straight wins, not just four straight, four straight by double digits. The first time the Lions have done that That's since 1991. We've been missing here. There you go. First time the Lions have done that since 1991. I think we all know what happened in 1991. That was the year the Lions last went to the NFC Championship game. I don't know if that's going to happen again, but they do have the best record or are tied for the best record in the NFL right now. Both the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles lost today. And Sean, I'll tell you, I think the most impressive thing about the Lions so far is how consistent they've been with some of these victories. I mean, the 49ers lost. They played a good defense, but they played a team that had a backup quarterback. You know, the Eagles, they played a team without um, their two, three best cornerbacks and they they lost. And, and this is a Lions team that it doesn't matter who they play. Right. Carolina, bad team. They come out, kick their butt. Tampa, much better team. They win on the road. Maybe not the most hostile environment, but they're playing really good football on a consistent basis. And that's a hard thing to do in the NFL week in and week out. No, and speaking of this hostile environment, I mean, I don't want to say half the lower bowl because that's an exaggeration, but I would say a third of the lower bowl, at least on one side of the stadium, yeah, was was Honolulu Blue. There were Lions fans in the upper deck. We could not see the upper deck above us, but I would bet there are plenty of Lions fans there too. It's just, you could hear the let's go Lions chance in the the fourth quarter. This is what the third straight, this is the third road game now, right? And it's been that way at Kansas City. I wasn't at Green Bay, but it, it sounded like Same it was way. that way at Green yep. Bay. The players are talking about it in the locker room after the game. Uh, Dan Campbell has talked about this. Alexander Zaloni, who just played great. We can talk about him in a second, but they, they, they're talking about, you know, by the way, you see Brad Holmes again, high fiving fans and screaming out, let's go and all this sort of thing. But the, but the, but the players feel this. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yes, it's a road game, but when are they going to actually face a real road game with loud, loud noise where they, they can't hear. I mean, was it Campbell? I can't remember who after the game was talking about that, that Baker Mayfield almost had to go into silent cadence. There was so much lines noise in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I think, um, Maybe not this year at all. I mean, even in the playoffs, because they might have only home games in the playoffs. That's jumping ahead a little bit. But in all honesty, I was I was joking with somebody the other day and I said, you know, the Lions are going to end up having, you know, 14 home games just about because 
you know, this wasn't a home game, but there were a lot of Lions fans here. When they go to L.A. in a few weeks, that's going to be a lot of Lions fans there. New Orleans, Lions fans always travel well there. You know, some of these Chicago, there's going to be a lot of Lions fans there. So it's something that give, you know, Lions fans credit. I, I do think um, part of it is everyone wants to. There is a fear of missing out. Everyone wants to be a part of this now because this team is so good, right? You don't want to miss out on on something that you think may be special. And, and uh, you know, frankly, the Lions, they do have a shot to do something special here. I mean, they, they are a really good team right now. And you mentioned all the different storylines today. I mean, David Montgomery goes out, Craig Reynolds comes in, delivers the key block. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown on, on, on Amon Ross touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown, his first game back, huge game, 12 catches, 124 yards. The touchdown that that really, you know, that I mean, all they needed was one touchdown today, but it was the touchdown that sort of um, started, you know, the uh, the end of, of the, the day for the Buccaneers there. Uh, Anzalone, who you mentioned, I know you wrote about Alex, you know, he was obviously his parents were in Israel. We wrote about that um, a little bit during the week, but his parents were here at the game today. They made it back to Florida earlier this week. The defense played another great game. So um, things just keep going well for the Lions. And, you know, as we sit here mid-October, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about my, my power rankings for the week. I, I'll still have the 49ers number one, even though they lost today. They had some injuries, but the Lions have to be one of the three best teams in the NFL right now. I mean, I would say, and do you absolutely just the way they're playing? I mean, you could quibble with the schedule a little bit. I mean, Kansas, look, Kansas City, we know who they were missing, and I hate to say that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to Mike Tirico y'all here, but, uh, but on the other hand, yes, the Lions fans were here. It was not a hostile, hostile home crowd, but it's still a road game. It's still not in their stadium. They still have to get on a plane and travel, yeah. and you're you're in somebody else's environs, and and that and that does make a difference. Back to your point about what's what's bubbling up here for a sec, and Campbell talking about <laughs> Baker Mayfield having to go in a silent cadence, and people wanting to be on this. I was on a, my flight down here yesterday when we landed. And got to the gate, and uh, the flight attendant came out to talk about, you know, getting your stuff and the boarding door opening and all that. And the last thing she said was, and by the way, go Lions. The crowd, I mean, the, the, the plane erupted in applause. My hotel had Lions fans. I'm sure yours did. And Alex Anzalone, and I want to talk about him for a sec, mentioned after the game that he's been in the league. I think this is his seventh year. He could not recall a fan base traveling like this. He said, you know, expect that out of Philly. It was maybe, maybe the Packers sort of, but they don't have – the population to travel like this, maybe Chicago when it was going Pittsburgh. This feels different in a way. It almost feels like a college team, the way Ohio State fans travel or maybe Michigan fans travel. It's just – and the more they keep winning, I feel like this is going to become a national story and this team is going to start getting some some love because there are a few things in sports, Dave, to me, that are as fun for a fan base – as being bad for a long, long, long time and then getting good, especially when the getting good feels a little bit like it's come out of nowhere. I know they finished strong last year, but you have that sense. Is it still a little surreal to you that they're this good? Well, I, you know, I don't know if it's surreal because I, you know, I, I expected them to be a good team, maybe not five and one at this point. Good, but definitely expected them to be a good team. But yeah, I, I think, you know, that's a fair point that especially at the beginning of something, right? That's always when the, the hype is the, the greatest, when people want to be a part of it. I mean, this isn't the the Braves winning your, you know, their their tenth division title right. in twelve years or whatever, and then people well, are the kind of like, eh, uh, wake me up in the the World Series, right. yeah. So I, you know, I people do they they want to be a part of this, and and they they see you know for the first time in a long long time in most people's lives, I think that are Lions fans, they they see a realistic shot for this team to go to the Super Bowl, you know, for being frank and. 
it's I mean, that's it's it's not something you can quibble with right now. They absolutely have a shot. Again, the 49ers, to me, still the best team in the NFL when they're healthy. They're not healthy right now. They lost Trent Williams. They lost McCaffrey today. The Lions, we said last week, were kind of like 49ers light. Well, you know what? They have a better quarterback than the 49ers. Maybe they don't have quite as good a defense, but they got a pretty darn good defense, too. And this defense is something that travels. Aaron Glenn has them playing well. Really good against the run again today. I know this was a Tampa team that didn't run it well. I will say the one area I think the Lions have to improve um, if they are going to be a you know, a serious Super Bowl contender come January is that secondary. There are a couple instances out there today, big plays that the Bucks had and they couldn't make because Baker Mayfield missed the throw. You know, the one pass that was tipped early in the game by by Isaiah Bugs. Mike Evans was wide open down the field. Five yard touchdown. Right. right. It, was, it was I mean, Evans Kirby Joseph had run up. Mike Evans was was gone if if Baker had made the the initial read there and made the throw. Uh two other times at least, you know, Will Harris got beat on one. There was another one where Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, I don't know if there was some miscommunication or they just came up early, but but the Bucks had that been a better quarterback, had that been Justin Herbert, who the Lions play in a couple weeks, you know, those are touchdowns. And so, you know, I think when you get to January and you're playing Jalen Hurts and you're playing a good 49ers team or maybe you're playing Patrick Mahomes or whoever, you know, for it all, um, those are things that you can't have happen. And so there are some things that I think when they go back and watch the tape, the Lions will need to clean up. But in the here and now, Sunday night, um, you know, five and one, I'm sure for Lions fans, I know for Lions players and coaches, it feels good to be at this spot. Hey there, listener. This is audio producer Robin here. We encountered some technical difficulties with our primary mic at this point in the show, and we had to switch to our backup audio. Thank you for your understanding. And with that said, here's the rest of the show. No, for sure. Get back to Anzalone for a second. We, we played, I think, his best game of the season and has played the best ball of his career this year. And part of it's because of the positional shift. And we talked to him about it after the game. We moved from the inside, from the middle, middle spot, the mic spot, to the outside, the weak side, to the, to, to the wheel spot. And you don't have to think quite as much where he's at. Not that he's not a thinker. His teammates and coaches talk about him as one of the smartest players. Praise and it's and I wrote about this. It doesn't mean it's not true. He is smart. He is savvy. He's all those things. He's pretty athletic. He can he can actually run. You know, he's got he's got good speed and he's a thumper when he gets there. You, know, you don't think of him that way, but he's he's physical when he feels it. And he's he's twenty nine years old, he's been in the league seven years. His combination of, of experience and time and um, now he's surrounded by better talent. It just he's never felt better physically. And he talked about the the well spot. He feels completely he feels liberated. He likes to think he can play both. He, he told he told me tonight he feels liberated. He's just he's seeing and he's going. And uh, Dan Campbell said, you know, this is coach. He's going to be biased a little bit. He said, hey, you'd I mean, be hard pressed to find another backup playing as playing as well or better or at least better than he oh, is. Yeah. And I, I think that when he was signed, you know, what what do people think of Alex Anzalone? He was the whipping boy that first year, even a little bit last year with the defense struggle in the first half. But the way he's come along to me, he, he's a great sort of not metaphor, but just. You look at him, the whole team's doing that. You're talking about the secondary need to get better. Kirby Joseph maybe can't, maybe won't make that mistake six weeks, right? Six weeks down the yeah. road. Maybe they're not going to be as mis- the miscommunication. So, I, you know, they're going to get Brian Branch back. You know, they're going to get Jameer Gibbs at some point. You can, I want you to talk about J- Jameson Williams here in a second. But to me, Anzalone and what he's doing, the, the team, the, a lot of the young guys have the chance. You know, you're not going to make all those leaps like he's done in several years in one season. But they're going to be better, I think. I think they're just what they're playing, the way they're playing right now, I think they got another level in them. 
then another couple of months. If, if they get healthy, then all things go right. Well, and the young guy uh, on the outside of the offense in particular. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, I, look, I think, you know, we've said this. I feel like, you know, I, I say this frequently, you know, when we talk about the Lions defense is the depth that they have on that side of the ball is unlike, you know, anything that we've seen in, in recent memory. You know, they've, um, you know, they may not have pro bowlers at, at every or, or many spots, but, you know, they've got a pretty deep defensive line. You know, Hutchinson didn't do much today, and, and we didn't, you know, it didn't impact them at all because they, they played really well against the run. And, um, that linebacker unit was, was really good. And if something happens to Alex Anzalone, guess what? you got Jack Campbell in reserve, or Melvin Rodriguez in reserve, a starting caliber player in the NFL, not playing the same quality. And that's sort of the same thing in the secondary, right? CJ Gardner-Johnson goes down, Tracy Walker steps in. Well, maybe, you know, Tracy doesn't give them exactly what CJ gave them, but, you know, he's more than serviceable, you know, safe. safe yeah, he's, a, so he's a good, solid player. Right? Yeah, so there's there's enough talent on that side of the ball to overcome the injuries that, that they've had, even though, you know, missing Gardner-Johnson, missing Mosley, not having Josh, Josh Paschal in his last few weeks, you know, that, that's something that, that can and will hurt them. Offensively, I, you know, Look, they've uh, Ben Johnson does a wonderful job with the offense. Jared Goff is playing really good football. Um, you know, the offensive line is always a strength, and so that's that's going to be a constant. You mentioned Jamison Williams. Look, he had a touchdown today, and you know, good for him, right? That's something that should be celebrated. I mean, it was a nice play on the ball. He turned one way, turned the other, had to turn all the way back around again. So it was it was one of those plays. The microphone just fell out there. So I hope my uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, but anyways, Jamison, look, he, he made a big play. They need him to be complete on offense. They need him to be that deep threat, to be a consistent threat on the outside. And um, one game does not necessarily mean that's happening because you watch him in pregame warm-ups. He dropped one pass. Then the next pass, you know, he kind of ticks off his fingers. I wouldn't call it a drop. You know, then he catches the ball. Then he drops the third one, you know, the, the pass later. So there's still a lot that he needs to work on. And maybe he gets picked on a little bit because he's the number 12 pick and people expect more. But you should expect more when you're picked that high. And he's loaded with talent and he's a guy that has to deliver and they need him to be there. He made that one big play tonight. But really for this offense to be where it needs to be again in January, and I know it's it's a while till we get there. And that's why, you know, Dan said today, right, they want guys that are sort of like this steady incline. You don't need to go way up right away. Um, but they need Jamo to continue on that track because if, if he doesn't you know, bring that I don't know that they have that deep threat and, and they can't really afford to not have him be a part of this offense. No, because as good as the other pieces are, we saw. I mean, today was a good example of Sam Laporta. It was kind of, I hate to say welcome to the NFL, but those are by far the best linebackers he's seen. And it showed he, he did not get, he could quiet not. Day. He had a quiet day. He did have one drop. It was funny because he had a drop right after, I want to say right James. after Jameson had a drop. No, or maybe it was the other way. He had a drop and Jameson had a drop. Yeah, okay. Anyway, it was a Back-to-back drops in the 45-yard touchdown to Williams. But Laporta, who's really, really good, you know, had a little bit more of a time today because he faced really good linebackers. San Francisco's got to be bargained by the best linebackers in the game. Yeah. So there's there's going to be times like that where you can't just go to Laporta. So Williams can help open that up. And Gibbs is another, another piece, too. They can line him up. I know that they were playing around a little bit with it, assuming Montgomery doesn't miss too much time, but Montgomery can be in the backfield. Gibbs can still be out there in spot somewhere. So they, they've got some more toys and ideas and sets, designs to play with if they can get healthy. You can, you can see this offense actually 
It's like yeah, it's almost special. Someone is always going to be on, or someone always should be on when you have some of these parts. I mean, I, again, I still think they, you know, maybe they lack a, a piece or two in the receiving core until Jameson comes up. But you know, uh, Montgomery's had a really good run so far. Been a little bit banged up. Gibbs can be a, a perimeter rushing and receiving threat. You know, so they have some pieces for Ben Johnson to play with. And the way Jared is playing right now, and the way Ben is calling plays. You know, it's it's a really good offense. Well, it's not like Carlos talking about Ben, but uh, and let's not forget, uh, Josh Reynolds has had a knack for several weeks now of not just making uh, big catches, but catches at, at the right time, at the time where they're they need to get loose a little bit, they need to flip the fields to, to some degree, they need they need to score. You know, it was kind of everything was kind of bogged down there. But Reynolds had another another couple third of down catch behind him today, and then he had you know he had a block to free up St. Brown, I think, to pick up a first down on a bubble screen. So he does some big things that, that definitely get over. Only three catches, but they were all big catches. They were, and we've seen that. We've seen that from a lot of guys. So, so what do you expect? So next week they're in Baltimore. Uh, that's not going to be easy. You know, it's always a well-coached team. Lamar Jackson's one of the tougher covers in the league. Um, they're always solid defensively. Yeah, you know, I, I can't remember what their record is. They, I think they beat Tennessee today, right? The, the Titans, was that over in Los Angeles or Paris? Or, I don't know. So Europe is, Europe is yeah. taking over. If you're ready, we got to go there next year, maybe. Yeah, we, we're exactly. Oh, Somewhere. We, yeah, that, that that'd be, might be kind of fun. But anyway, so that's going to be, a, I would think, another good solid test. But now that they're 5-1, they, they win next week. What are we looking at all of a sudden? I mean, I don't know what your preseason projection was. Mine was 11. But if they keep this out, I mean, we might need to rethink a little bit about 11. Well, I started to write that, and this will be, a, you know, tomorrow, just kind of the Lions, again, they have the best record, times for the best record in the NFL right now, and it's no fluke. And at 11, or at, you know, 5-1 and one right now, and with the schedule that's ahead, one of the, the most favorable schedules in the NFL, look, they're going to lose some games, right? They, they might lose to Baltimore next week. They very you know, much I mean, I'm picking right now, I'll probably pick them to lose that game just because it's tough to win this many straight games in the NFL. The first time they won four straight since 2000, what did I say, 16, I think it is. So, right, that's a long time to go without winning four straight. Teams just don't do Even last year, they won three, then they lost. They won three, then they lost. You know, they won at the end of the year, then they, you know, beginning of this year, then they lost. So, they, they, it's been a long time since they've strung four straight together. That's a, that's a really tough thing to do. But they are playing really consistent football. They don't have the big dips that some of these other teams do. And, Baltimore is a team that's going to bring a, a really good defense like this one today. Um, you know, they, they, they shut down Tennessee's running game, at least in the first half. I know Derrick Henry had a few yards in the second half there, but Baltimore does a really good job against the run, too. So the Lions are going to need to have some balance on offense. But as I look ahead on the schedule, Sean, there's a lot of wins left there, right? I mean, Dallas at the end of the year, go to Dallas, that would be a tough one. You know, some of these division wins, the Chargers are... Chargers in LA. Look, that's another one that's it's not going to be a great home field advantage for the Chargers, but that's the best quarterback the Lions face. And with the Lions issues in the secondary, that's something that, you know, it's not going to be an easy mount for them to climb. Even the division games, like the Lions are clearly the best team in the division, but, you know, you're, it's not always you go 6 0 even when you're a really good team in the division. So there could be a loss or two in there, but look, if we're talking three or four losses left on the schedule at most, that's 13 wins. Yeah, 12 to 13. Yeah, yeah 12 to 13. That's, that's getting you a one, two, at worst three seed in the NFC. If you're the one seed, obviously you have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. If you're the two, you know, you're playing your first two playoff games at home at least, and then, uh, you know, you see what happens in the NFC championship game. So it's too early for Dan, uh, for the team, for the players to maybe start thinking about that, but it's not too early for us to start talking about that. No, it never is. And it's, I mean, 
Well, I should, we shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it never is because this is new. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe in other sports or in other towns or whatever, other markets, but uh, it's it's just, maybe it's not surreal. It's still, I know what it's, you, you expect it. You picked them to win today. I picked them to win today. I mean, you know, what do we know? But still, um, they were favored. If I'm not, uh, you know, the odds makers favored them. So it's, I still think there's, I don't want to say this is uh, crazy or anything like that, but it's just, you're talking about six decades, and I know there were some good years sprinkled in here and there. But they haven't looked like this, Dave. I mean, you mentioned 91. I mean, I don't think they started this way since 2011, I want to say. It was last time they 5-1, and they had a good team that year. But but it's just, it's, it's all of that history. And what's different about this is those years were good, 2011, 2014. I don't think the fan base, I don't, I don't think folks in, in Michigan, the Michiganders, where they are, ever thought about the general manager and the coach and the combination and even the owner, right? 100%. And the way they okay. do right now, it feels different. And it, man, it's make, it, it makes Sundays different. You know, it's funny. My, my son called, he couldn't take his call. It was on a deadline. But I, I called him back real quickly between deadlines between editions and talk to him for a couple of quick minutes. And he, he was talking about him and, and all his friends. You hear this, I'm sure, all the time, about how they cannot wait for Sunday to get here. Lions fans have always been incredibly loyal, so the most loyal fan bases in the, in the country, in the league, rather. But I keep hearing this over and over. People can't wait for Sunday. They're making plans ahead of time for Sunday. And um, and the intensity of that feeling is is new, and, and I, I just it's 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 really something to be honest with you. And we saw that in this stadium again here today. The effort people make and the love they're showing these these these, these players. No, I you know you, you mentioned 2011 and 2014, and and this is a, a totally different vibe than those. I mean, I think there was a lot of hype. I said this before 2012 going into that season because 2011 Lions made the playoffs for the first time in forever. 2011 they start five and zero. Javid Best gets hurt, you know, but the Packers were red hot that year too, if I remember right. And so I don't I don't know that anyone ever felt that. There was a lot of optimism. Stafford was young, but I don't think anyone ever felt like, you know, they're winning the division, they're going to the Super Bowl that year. Um, 2014, they had a really good defense, but they didn't win the division that year. It was the same thing. You know, Packers at the end of the season won that game. That was for the division. Um, and so, you know, this is the first time that everything has matched up. You mentioned the owner, right? The, the GM, the coach, the talent on the field. The division, the schedule, frankly, right? This is the first time Chicago is, is not much to speak of. Minnesota, Green Bay, no one in the division holds a candle to the Lions. So it's easy to see this team winning the division, which means it's easy to see them getting a home playoff game. It's easy to see them winning a home playoff game, especially against the caliber team that they would face in the first round. And then when you watch Philadelphia and you watch San Francisco, the other top teams in the, uh, in the NFC, and you see that the Lions stack up pretty well against them. It's it's not you know it's it's not this this long shot that uh, man hopes and dreams and you know if we ever ever could get to that spot no this is it's, it feels tangible right now that the Lions could be a team that has a deep playoff run and that's the first time probably since those early nineties when I was you know a kid so I don't I don't have maybe the, the greatest um, you know sense of what that meant to the community because I was you know high school or ninety one I guess probably eighth grade so. Um, this is the first time in my adult life that I think anyone, or I think this team has given this town that sort of vibe. And I would say, real quick, and I'll, and I'll finish with this because we want to let you guys go. And 
you had an early flight to catch, and we still have we still have six a.m. six a.m. We still have we still have uh, work to do. The ninety-one team was at Barry Sanders. Yeah. The the two thousand eleven uh, two thousand fourteen team anyway had Calvin Johnson and Tom Kinsu. This team I don't this team doesn't have a star at the level of Johnson or Sanders or even Sue. What it does have that I don't think any of those three teams had, and maybe the ninety-one team had more. But it's just the the lines. The line of scrimmage on both sides, and the the, the really talent, the talent and good play. Maybe not all pros everywhere, but they got young guys with potential to be pro bowlers. They've got, I mean, they got positions. They got talented positions everywhere, well, in every position group. They're thin in secondary because of injuries, right? But Brian Branch is one is something I'm talking about. Kirby Joseph maybe down the road, whatever. I mean, uh, Jack Campbell. I know he's got a ways to go, but that feels a little bit different. Is the talent level top to bottom in the depth? You know, um, I'll just add this before we go. Lomas Brown said something to me the other day where, you know, he said um, it's the first time that he could ever remember in his lifetime, you know, sort of this, this feeling for the, the organization. I said, even even 91, like even back when you were playing back then, he said from the top down sort of vibe that you talked about, that everyone seems to be in unison where everything is lined up. You know, ownership, GM, coach, players, assistants, that sort of the, the entire organization. Um, I don't know that that was the case in 91 again. You know, I was a kid, so I don't have, I don't have um, you know, any real firsthand knowledge of that. But for a player that was at the heart of it, that was a key player for them to say this is the first time in his lifetime that everything lines up like this, that just tells me that, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this, is, this is a special time here in Detroit. It's funny you mentioned Lomas Brown. I was just about to say he told me a month ago that this offensive line is better than what, and he he played on a decent offense. He Pretty was good. a really good player himself. And ninety-one line before those guys got for Ali and the, the training center. Yeah. Exactly, they they were good. But he said even that line, and it's a different era so far. It wasn't as athletic. He just he said this line is is better. And you just you see that the other difference is Jared Goff may not be you know an all pro. He's not Patrick Mahomes or whoever you're talking about. But he was certainly better than Eric Kramer was. Not that Eric Kramer was bad in '91, but uh, that's the other thing. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about Jared Goff. He's he's yeah. he's continues week in and week out, and uh, we can we can talk about more about him. But his second half today was as good as they could have run the ball, and he he got in a groove and uh, and you know won them the game in a lot of ways offensively. No, he he's playing. You know, I, I think better than you know most people, myself included, thought he would when the Lions made that trade. So uh, you got to give Jared Goff his credit and give him his due because you know he's been a big part of the success that the Lions have had. And, you know, frankly, they, they wouldn't be here without him because you can see Tampa had a really good defense. You know, they do some similar things to the Lions, right? They want to control the ball and, you know, they've, they've got a new coordinator in here and they got a couple pretty good receivers, but they, they can't do some of the same things that the, the Lions can do on offense. And I think that's because of the quarterback in some ways. So, Goff is right. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, he's uh, he's definitely established himself in that second tier of quarterback. Somebody that you can certainly win with and win big with now. And, and maybe people didn't think that, you know, when the Lions made that trade a couple years ago. No, when I wrote about this, I wrote about this, I'll probably wrote about this again. Every game, it makes three or four throws. And like, did you see that throw where people run the press box? Or talking, oh, wow, what a, what a ball that was, right? I mean, he's not, I mean, maybe he's a game manager or whatever, but on top of that, he's, he, he throws a nice ball, man. You give him some time and he, he can pick you apart. In ways that maybe maybe we didn't fully realize when we came here. In any case, we got uh, oh well, we don't we don't want that happening, do we? 
we got uh, a lot more to talk uh, about. You got a lot to read out there. I want you to come back and read Dave Burkett's uh, coverage, second to none, best uh, beat writer in the business. Uh, I can say that. Carlos would say that here if he were. The Carlos would say that too if he, if, if he were here. So come back to Freed.com, check out Dave. Check out uh, what we've all done. We've got, we got Lions coverage the rest of the week. You will be in Baltimore. I will not be. I've got Mr. Michigan State Saturday night. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can sell that to Michigan fans. Uh, who knows? Michigan State's got a new quarterback. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep it close. Michigan's rolling too. A quarter. Yeah, no, they, they are. They are. And, that, and that's a fun story too, but it's not the Lions. Sorry, Michigan fans. It's just not. Y'all know that. You guys won a title in the 90s. That's uh that's not 1957. So, in any case, all right, for Dave Burkett, Sean Winter, uh, for the Free Press Sports with Carlson, Sean, with a, you know, a pretty good guest star. Guest star. Guest star. Guest. Guest. Yeah. Guess. We, will, uh, uh, we will be back uh, later this week. Carlson will join, join me uh, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and we'll be back with more. Until then, uh, we'll talk to you. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.